It's a peaceful protest. We walking, raising awareness. Some of the injustice that we've been seeing is not okay. And as a young person, you gotta you gotta listen to our perspective. Our voices need to be heard. People are gonna look back. Our kids are gonna look back at this and say, "You were a part of that." I got a grandfather that marched next to Dr. King in the '60s, and he was amazing. He would be proud to see us all here. We gotta keep pushing forward. Sports are like the reward of a functional society. Sirius XM Sports presents Forward Progress, a weekly open conversation on race and sports in America. Here are your hosts, Jason Jackson and Kirk Morrison. Great to be back with you once again. It's your double shot of excellence. That's Kirk Morrison. I'm Jason Jackson. We're always great to have you. It's always great to have you here on Forward Progress. Uh, a little bit later in the program, our buddy, Reggie Theus, is going to slide by. Uh, Reggie has a couple of new jobs, but I'm a big fan of multiple streams of income. But Absolutely. if you can get it in the same institution, I mean, you're doing something else. <laughs> hey, might as well. Go and get it, man. Go and get it, man. Hey, Reggie, Reggie, I, I can't even... Uh, he's what former basketball player, TV right. star. Like his, I, I don't even know what his resume looks like. I mean, he's a, it's a, a hall of fame. Money. Money. That's what it looks like. <laughs> <It's a laughs> different. Formerly of uh, Sirius XM NBA radio player, coach at all levels. Now the head basketball coach and uh, for the men's side, and athletic director for Bethune Bethune Cookman University. So we're exact, excited for him. Looking forward to talking to him. We also have a uh, social justice warrior from college athletics, where I guess we got a yeah. theme today. Uh, the CEO of the Institute uh, for Sport and Social Justice will swing by. That is one Delise O'Mealy. Um, I bet she's been busy. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. She's she's everybody's favorite person over the last Listen, year. Between <laughs> people and, and their need, obviously, for social justice and equality. And, and some leadership on that. Um, also, our next topic, our first topic, uh, is probably something that's been on our plate for some time, and that is name, image, and likeness. As we saw at midnight, middle of the week last week, uh, all the big names and some names we now need to know because they have a big following yeah. uh, that are college athletes uh, were able to show and go as it pertains to making money on their name on their image and their likeness themselves. I've seen everything from these big, massive marketing rollouts yeah. uh, to just somebody putting a pop-up t-shirt company up. <laughs> yeah. I'm so concerned on so many levels and I'm also happy on so many levels. So I'm, I'm glad that we're done with this veil. Right. I'm, I'm glad we're pulling that back and looking at uh, the man and woman behind the curtain. But I'm also concerned because I, I know for sure, Kirk, and I leave this to you, that not every one of the 400,000 student athletes in America mm. have the same advice, leadership, right. support, and knowledge. Yeah, I think you're, you're spot on with that. I've had a chance to talk with uh, many business agents, marketing agents um, who engage now with student athletes. And their job is to find opportunities or seek opportunities um, with these student athletes. Uh, not all student athletes are the same. Not all institutions are the same. Yeah. Um, we've seen, uh, you know, whether it's for me, focusing on college football, seeing guys who have had an endorsement with uh, Bo Nix, quarterback of Auburn, has an endorsement with Milo's Tea. Uh, Come on tea now. Company. Yeah, drinking tea. It's all good. Um, also seen, uh, you know, an offensive lineman uh, at Marshall University 
can now know can now actually as a musician talk about him as himself now he doesn't have to play under an alias and he can actually monetize his position as a music as a musician i mean to me name image and likeness is what's taking the world by storm now because look we all thought lavar ball was crazy but the man was on to something <laughs> the man was on to something for sure Listen, uh, Daddy wasn't crazy, but he was crazy. <laughs> he was crazy. He was uh, on it, man. But, he, but, he, like he was a pioneer, though. We got yeah, not the thinking, credit. and that yeah. was the thing. That's the where thinking. it had to begin. Great way. Listen, yeah. I'm gonna say five years ago, three years ago, mm. when people were still trying to figure out if the O'Bannon brothers were gonna be able to get yeah. there. Let, let's give them credit, right? Yes. I think it Ed more than Charles, or maybe it's the other way around. They're yeah, twins. It was Ed. So like it was the, Ed. Yeah, it was Ed more than Charles. Ed yeah. was the one who really, really really saw this case through. He won and kept winning. Yeah. And really made it clear that it wasn't going to be about him. It's about everybody else that came behind him. And and everybody should give 1% to whatever charity those brothers run. Yeah. Um, because if not for that courage, if not for that diligence, of listen, you're not just going to take my name and my image and make these video games and that we ain't going to get a cut. And ain't get no money. That's yeah. That's, that's not, we're not doing that, but kept happening for a decade plus more. Hell, it's probably been 20 years. Yeah, it was longer. It's longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about, that's when UCLA was in a, in a glory year. This is, yeah. this is before it, it the is. Russell Westbrooks and Kevin Loves. Yeah. And, and, and that, and the the which we're moving into this space yeah. is just reality, right? We're trying yeah. to inch toward, okay, full scholarship, Okay, that doesn't really complete these kids' lives. So full cost of attendance. Okay, what does that mean? Getting back and forth, uh, food when we're not in session, all those things. Now, this is what the world is. Listen, the majority of us go to college for a craft or a trade. Right. Right? That's very true. So why are we tripping? Can I tell you about the many jobs that I had while, while I was a student? Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, I got paid to be the student body president for two years. Wow. I got paid to work in the field house. I got paid as a resident advisor. One year I went off campus and worked at Doodles Comedy Club, <laughs> illegally serving beverages. Wow. <laughs> so why are we restraining these people that are actually presenting and generating revenue? What was different about me working at the field house? where alumni, faculty, and folks that lived in Bowling Green, Ohio, could have a membership, recreation membership, right? And utilize the rec center and the field house, as well as health, physical education, and recreation classes, as well as intercollegiate athletics. Revenue generating. Come on, man. Man, I remember Jax having my, 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 uh, my football picture on the billboards, on the trolleys around campus, on the tickets. Right. Um, and yet during the summers, here I am hauling lumber at Dixie Line Lumber Company. Here I, I appreciate I, that booster. Yes. Didn't you? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, oh yeah. Nice. Shout out to my guy Ted Teran, man. He he Not got bad. it right. He was my guy. But, but doing I, it the right way. Doing it the right way. I had to work. But I definitely could have been doing an endorsement deal on radio on, and man. television, making the same money without having to be out there in that hundred degree heat. More money. <laughs> but it got me right. And I'm happy for the athletes now 
But I really, I'm more happy for the women athletes than the men. Oh, some are I'm, killing it. Yeah. So, cause, cause everyone is so caught up on, man, this is going to be great for college football and men's basketball. And I'm saying you're getting stuck. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't really understanding the ones who will really have the deals. And I've been looking, I've been watching all the business journalists talk all week long, Jax. And there actually is more deals right now currently for women collegiate athletes than they are for men. How about that? Because of the different sports that they're in, whether it's golf, it's tennis, it's surfing, it's track and field track and field it's and they're able to now monetize women's basketball is now able to monetize right like Paige Bukers over at UConn like she's one of the the, the new up-and-coming basketball players think about if Maya Moore and the great players who we've known were able to make money off their name image and likeness and now the women who are now I think this is great for the women's sports the women's it's game better. now because it, it, it now creates a partnership that might swell into the wallets of the universities, which they know yes. full well. Oh, yeah. Which they know full. This mm-hmm. is a win-win. It and, is. And, and listen, we got to be a little careful. I'm not going to be really careful. I'm going to be a little careful. <laughs> okay. Say. All right. I'm not here to offend any professional models, but but if I have an athlete that doesn't mind that it's hot or that the lights are in their eyes or what mm-hmm. time we start or any of the things that can kind of come in that universe of professional modeling. But I have someone who looks the part, maybe in mind, body, and soul a little more fit. Right. Right? Then I'm shifting my entire imagery to the female collegiate athlete (laughs) for whatever I'm doing. I mean, I'm not trying to crush an industry here. I'm simply noting that there's a reason why people love to work with and almost I know there are some businesses Kirk that exclusively hire student athletes former student yeah. because they know full <laughs> well they know full well work yeah. that's what I do five well, o'clock in the morning fine <laughs> like what you know what I mean it's just a different focus a different <laughs> willingness um for the most part I'm not saying that I should I, I shouldn't be yeah, I shouldn't be laughing at this but and and I don't think this is too much of a, a a crazy situation. But remember one of the most famous tennis players, and yet she ain't never won no match. Remember Anna Kornikova? <laughs> she ain't win no match. <laughs> remember that? But yet she was. She won a few, but not the big. She won a few. <laughs> she ain't win the big ones, right? Yeah. And we sitting here like, how is she the most popular? And this is what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. But that was back then. And obviously, she was moving probably like you mentioned. Um, and obviously, obviously, Venus and Serena uh, are there in their own, you they're know, the, some of the best. the best of both worlds. They're there, the right? best of both worlds. So they're moving product. But that's what you, you, you mentioned the word now. It's moving product. It's age demographic. I'll give you a name here, by the way. Kayvon Thibodeau. A lot of people out there, remember this name. He'll be a top five NFL draft choice, maybe even number one. But he just signed a, a, a deal with Nike. As a collegiate athlete, college football player, sure. he plays for Oregon. So Phil Knight's already in his backyard, right? Done. But he signs that deal with Nike, 
and he's designing a shoe with Tinker Hatfield, who I believe was the designer of the Air Jordan 1s, one of the original designers mm -hmm. of the Air Jordan 1s. And I'm saying people are starting to understand it that the age demographic for these collegiate athletes, you're able to touch the younger generation more than the older generation, yeah. right? You know, like for me, I can't go out and wear the younger generation jersey, right? I just can't, you know what I mean? I still got my Stocktons and sure. my, my, my Pippins. I got my, my, my guys from, from, from yesteryear. But these new younger generation athletes, people say like, I, I can actually be like him. He's only four years older than me or three years older than me. He's actually going to the high school or the college. I want to wear what he's wearing. I want to you know, shop where he shops, or I want to eat what he eats. I think that's the bigger situation that we're seeing here. And I'm excited that we're going to be able to see and follow some of these kids, excuse me, on their journey, Jax. That, that, that's what I want to watch, the journey. Now that before you couldn't monetize, but now you can. And to see these faces early on, just like, remember Freddie Adu? Remember that? <laughs> the right. former soccer player? Th these were all people who I say, they crawled so we can walk. You know, they crawled so these this next generation now can walk and I just I'm I'm just I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed and I'm hoping that this you know it doesn't bring out the vultures. You know what I mean? Especially, oh, they're coming. They're yeah, coming. We just that's have to the hard part. young people. Well, I I mean for me the, the, what scares me the most is expectations more so from families now that they're this is especially in the African-American community, because everyone thinks that you can get rich and get it, hit it big. It's part of the presentation and recruiting now. Yeah, and that's the hard part. You know, not everybody's going to get that, you know, marketing deal, half a million, million dollar deal. It's not out there. It's not even out there Early if you make it to the league. Subjectivity. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't even out there For if you're in the league. Yeah. Because listen, there's going to be a golfer. Yes. That maybe has a better following. Absolutely. Or just aligns with products. Mm-hmm that have a, a steeper price point. Yeah. And that golfer may end up having a bigger impact than, than a quarterback. Just because, whatever, team, um, likability, push through companies that you align yourself with. Yeah. I mean, I've seen the same protein drink about 45 times in my IG thread. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Somebody went hard with these endorsement mm -hmm. deals. And now the kid's holding up the dollar to let it be known that they are getting paid yeah. for getting these, these endorsement deals. I was going to ask you, uh, as we kind of curtail this conversation, I know we'll have more of it with uh, the CEO of the Institute uh, for Sport and Social Justice, uh, Elise O'Mealy is going to join us in just a little bit. And we're so excited to talk to Reggie Theus about his new job coming up mm -hmm. a little later in the program. I keep looking for what you were just talking about. What do I fear here? Yeah. It's what do I fear for my second son that's just getting into this space? Mm. Or looking at the jealousy in my first son's face as he <laughs> has wrapped up his collegiate <laughs> career in track and field. Um, they're jumping in the boys' DMs, Kirk. These wow. companies are already at him in Instagram and, and the message, and I hope all the parents and all the administrators hear what I say. Wow. Instruct your young people to come to you immediately. Treat it almost like stranger danger. Wow. If you don't know who slid up your DMs asking you to represent a company, um, it's, it's now time for a discussion. 
not, not like this predators in here, but it's who are you and what's your company? You offer me money or product or a hybrid and all those things are available. Yeah. You know, listen, I've been there already. You didn't see it. You can't send me just product anymore. I need some dough. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I I didn't, as the athlete that I was in the NFL, I know about merch. (laughs) You know, I was a merch guy with Nike. I I didn't get the deal. At a certain part of your life, that's enough. (laughs) That's all I needed. We we and the student athletes uh, have to pay attention. There's going to be a session for you. Right. At the beginning of each year. Don't sit there and slouch in a chair and roll your eyes. Pay attention. I mean, we should call it now paid attention. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's a new firm. We might yeah. want to start it up right now. <laughs> paid attention brought to you by Morrison and Jackson. Mm-hmm. Just understand full well this information that's coming may seem monotonous. Right. But, man, it's going to save you strife or, or help you not lose money because someone wants to use your image, your name, and your likeness, but they don't want to pay you. Mm, you know, before you post anything, make sure you get what you're supposed to get. Yep. You know, it's the following. It's the TikTok. It's this, the Instagram. It's the Twitter. It's all of that. But at the end of the day, too, well, you still need to go out and play. You still got to go show up too. You better perform. Don't forget, hey, don't get all too caught up and you go out there and perform too. Now, that's how you get more, but don't think that you've accomplished something just because you got one deal. I'm glad you nailed that when somebody was trying to push back on this entire thing. Our kids going to sit back on their laurels. If they mm-hmm. do, they're going to lose their endorsements. It's something to know. I mean, that, that is <laughs> So with that being said, let's take a quick break. That's Kirk Morrison. I'm Jason Jackson. Thank you for finding us here on Forward Progress. We'll get deeper inside some NIL issues, but, but also just the desire of the university community, really the world community, uh, to tap into sport and social justice. Is there a better place to talk about such a thing? I don't think so. We visit with a very prominent executive of an organization that does just that when we come back here on Forward Progress. You're listening to Forward Progress on Sirius XM Radio. Forward Progress continues. It's Kirk. It's Jax. It's great to have you with us. Thanks for staying along. We now dive inside something a little more thick and thorough. We welcome to the program Delisa Mealy, who likens herself not only just a globetrotter, <laughs> but a sport diplomat. Please explain, yeah. madam. Welcome to the program. Yeah, well, absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be with both of you. So I have uh, been involved with international university sport for probably uh, 12 years. And as a result of that involvement, I'd say I've probably been to maybe 35 countries, mm-hmm. um, just kind of um, part of the world university games but also speaking and doing a variety of things and i just love that interaction and i'm a former international student athlete myself originally from montego bay jamaica and so for me the the cultural kind of interaction and the cross-cultural learning is is just significant so to tie sports and um you know kind of international work diplomacy together I, i love it and i think every time i go anywhere i'm representing us. I'm representing the United States. I'm representing who we are and, you know, ensuring that people, wherever they are, understand who we are. <laughs> and so when you say the, the research and letting people know who you are, what's the, kind of the biggest question that you get when you are out and people want to talk to you and say, OK, what do you do? Or, and how are you getting the message across? 
Yeah. So the last four years, you can imagine what, what the biggest question was yeah. um, as it relates <laughs> to and what the conversations people always wanted to talk about where the United States was, you know, and what was happening, where we were as a people and how we, you know, how we were feeling about everything. But just generally, I think there's a lot of respect for the U.S. globally. And there's, um, depending on where we are, there's limited ability for people to engage actually with us one-on-one on the ground. And so whenever we go and we take our student athletes, we remind them that they represent the United States. And for some people, they might be the only people that they ever actually talk to and have a chance to engage with who are uh, Americans. And so, you know, that's, that's what it means to me. It means being authentic. It means representing the spirit of who we are. It means representing all the shades of, of what we represent, you know, everything about our diverse culture here in the United States when we travel. Our last trip was to, uh, uh, in 2019, we were in Napoli for the summer games and we were in Krasnoyarsk, Russia for the winter games, which is the, I think it's the third largest city in the Siberian region. So we're in Siberia. I mean, you know, so we're running into people who will never interact with and what they see of the United States is what they see on TV. And, and on the internet. And so it was important for us to represent who we are. So that's that's the good part about it. Delise O'Mealy with us here on Forward Progress. She is the Chief Executive Officer of the Institute of Sports and Social Justice. Your mission, if you don't mind me reading it to our listeners, is to harness the power of sport to effect positive social change through education and empowerment. Uh, you've been doing that longer than last summer. So with yeah. everyone <laughs> avalanching into this space of wokeness, of guilt, let's be honest, into uh, empowerment for folks that look like us. How's your last year been? Oh, so last year was a whirlwind, really. You know, we started off with the pandemic and right. the lockdown and as a small nonprofit, you know, we were struggling initially. We weren't sure what was going to happen. You know, a lot of the entities that we engage, we, we work in the sports world and, you know, the NBA shut down, Major League Baseball shut down, the schools were struggling, universities. And so we, we in the early part of the, the last year, we were trying to figure out really how we keep the doors open. And then after the murder happened, after George Floyd was murdered and also Breonna Taylor and, and Ahmaud um, Arbery, we started to see this uh, wokeness. I guess I love yes. that word. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm going to use it. Feel free. So, you know, we started to see this turn um, in the country and this interest and people were uh, almost as if they had seen something that had never happened before. So two things. We saw people saying, wow, this is horrible. What should we do? And then on the other hand, we saw people saying, where have you been? You know, this has been happening. This is not new. And this is just another in a long line of, of history for, for us and for people who look like us. So, you know, for us, we started to see an opportunity here where we could start to engage with people where they were and start to have the conversations. We are educators. So we do work um, by educating and engaging and facilitating conversations between and among people. We don't uh, traffic in shame. We traffic in empathy because we believe that the only way you can change mindset is to engage people, to move the needle. And so, you know, we started having conversations. We actually gave our services for free that summer um, mm -hmm. to whoever. We put it out on social media and we said, look, you want to facilitate conversations among your staff or your, you know, athletic staff, your student athletes, call us 
And so from June through August, we did a series of just free sessions with people talking about trust, talking about vulnerability, talking about privilege and helping them to understand what all of that meant in the context of what was going on in our country. Uh, you know, we had the, the protests afterwards, depends on who you ask. Some say the riots, some say the protests. So we had to talk about those things and explain where power that, you know, that power is born in protest. And so last summer, it was a, it was a little bit of a, an inflection point, I think. We're hoping that it sustains. We felt that people's eyes and ears were finally open to some extent and we were able to have some impact. So, you know, we're continuing to work. We've been doing this 35 years, uh, not new to the show, but <laughs> you know, last year was an opportunity. If you can look at the tragedy as an opportunity, it was an opportunity to start making a difference in our landscape. What was the most challenging question that you received from maybe a student athlete or even a colleague while all this was oh. going on? I mean, there were people who had never, ever talked about these things before, never thought about them, never talked. About, I mean, we're talking to people in all parts of the country. You know, we're talking to schools in rural Alabama and rural Georgia and different places where you have people, coaches, administrators who grew up very sheltered in their own kind of, you know, worlds. Mm -hmm. And so they struggled to even talk about it. Then you had people of color who had never talked about this in a work setting before and had never been able to share their feelings and about how this impacted them. So that was hard also. And, you know, it was, I think the toughest thing was really helping people to understand that you need to reach people where they are and people were in different places. And we would start the conversations and some people would be annoyed with, you know, just the, the maybe what they perceived to be the slow nature of the conversation, but others were so far back that you had to do this. And I think that was the toughest thing, helping people to understand that, yeah, this is a real issue. It's been an issue for us for centuries, but for some people, they're just awakening to this, their wokeness. They're just yes. <laughs> experiencing their wokeness. <laughs> You're listening to Forward Progress, our weekly conversation inside the confluence of race and sports. I am Jason Jackson. My partner is Kirk Morrison. We're having a delightful conversation with Delise O'Mealy from the Institute of Sport and Social Justice. Uh, we started off this show this week talking about the amazing thing uh, that has occurred for all of college sports, but let's be honest, high profile or high exposure uh, student athletes across America. <laughs> I'm, I'm only laughing because as Kirk knows, I know this lady who works in uh, college athletics and uh, she happens to sleep right next to me and she talks all the time about these issues primarily in charge of 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 student development student athlete development at the university of miami but oversees a couple sports and a staff you know just like everybody else you know mm -hmm. and watching delise the staff move into this new space for their student athletes has been so interesting from the outside. Sure. And the thing that the University of Miami can do that I wonder if Bowling Green can do, my alma mater, or Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University can do, or a Division two or three school can do, has to pale in comparison to one another. 
And UM has been able to bring in an organization specifically to represent students and give them a feel for what the landscape looks like for name, image, and likeness. I'm assuming the majority of student athletes don't have that as a resource. How do you bridge this gap? Yeah. So that's the issue, you know, the haves and the have nots and the haves yes. keep getting, having more and the have nots keep having less, I guess. And that is probably the crux of the reluctance over the years for the NCA to embrace this um, freedom for student athletes, which I think we all agree is a good thing. It's students should be able to, you know, appreciate, you know, receive, you know, th this, um, financial benefit from their name image and likeness but the issue has always been competitive equity the issue has always been how do you then balance what university of miami can do with my alma mater which is morgan state university in the MEAC conference mm -hmm. and what they can do what they can offer their athletes but then when you set that aside should that still preclude student athletes from being able to 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 benefit in this way and that's the question so yeah they we will not be able to bridge that gap uh, the the halves the, the power five slash six conference con con uh, schools continue to grow and expand and i think that horse has left the barn but what we can do is try to manage the situation such that with the goal of ensuring that student athletes get the best opportunities possible i mean that's ultimately this is what it's about right i think from a, a sport, college sport perspective. It's about the student athlete. Yeah, Delisa, I, I think the biggest thing for me and the, the excitement that I get from this is that I feel that financial literacy now needs to be taught. It needs to be a it general does. education. It needs First. to be a one-on-one, <laughs> yes. It needs to be the prerequisite that you need because I, I think also too is that you're gonna have young collegiate athletes that now you gotta be grownups. Uh, I mentioned you, you're going to have to pay taxes now. Okay. You got to start to, you got to learn how to write a check. You know what I mean? If they even know how to do that, because the opportunities that are there now, this ain't for little kids no more. You got to be, these are grown up decisions that now need to make, be made. And so I think that has to be a partnership, not only with the universities, with the administration, but also with groups such as yourself to get this education going early. So now it's just this whirlwind and people not understanding what they need to do. Yeah, I think that's right. And, you know, depending on who you are and, you know, what your following is and what your kind of uh, uh, notoriety is, you know, there's an ability to make a significant amount of money out oh, there. Yeah. Right. Um, and so you're right. You know, this education that typically has occurred as student athletes are leaving university and going to the pros right. needs to occur much earlier. Well, listen, please, please promise you'll come back, spend some more mm -hmm. time with us. This is these, these topics come up all the time. Yes, they do. Um, but I do have to pause because we have to depart and then come back and talk to someone who's departed the MEAC, by the way, <laughs> for the slack. And that's Bethune oh. Cookman's brand <laughs> new sure. athletic director and head basketball coach. That's Reggie Theus. Keep them on the, listen, let's keep everybody on the schedule though. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Police, thank you so much for being with us. We'll take a quick break. My buddy from NBA radio, listen, We'll see why, we'll see what, when we return here on Forward Progress. Reggie Theus joins us next. You're listening to Sirius XM Radio. Radio. We now return to Forward Progress. Here's Jason Jackson and Kirk Morrison. Forward Progress continues, and I'm excited, Kirk, right now. Mm-hmm. 
I'm excited for so many different reasons. Now, well, you know I'm already a grandson, <laughs> son, and father of HBCU students. You notice that was the one that went PWI, right? I mean, I had to, I had to kill the run. <laughs> Uh, but that's what we thought of 70 babies, right? As 70s kids, we're like, oh, we're good. And then now our children are enlightened. And uh, the, the young people that are at Bethune-Cookman ought to be fired up. Former NBA All-Star, television star, radio star, <laughs> Reggie Theus, named in the dual role. This man has lost his mind. Yeah. Athletic director <laughs> and head men's basketball coach. Coach, listen, I'm fired up. You know I'm a yeah. fan. I'm so yeah. excited that you're back teaching this game. Um, but but tell me, at this 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 heightened level of wisdom and mm. insight in your life, why in the hell do you want to recruit young people again? <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, I mean it sincerely. You know, it, I've been asked this question, man, you know, like five or six times recently and you know, you know what it is, is when you're a coach, you're a coach. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you're a baller, you're a baller. And when you love something, when you really enjoy being with these kids, recruiting is just sort of a necessary evil. Mm -hmm. But for, for me, it's never been tough because, you know, I, I really believe in what I tell the parents. I really believe in what I, what I, what I talk to these kids about. And it's, it's, uh, it's become easy for me. But getting out in that, that rat race, uh, you know, banging the bushes and, and the number of phone calls you have to make, it's just, it's just over the top. You know, it's definitely going to cut into my, my golf game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's unique about this opportunity for you, Reggie, though? What, what's, what's unique? And actually, when did this, first, this opportunity present itself first? You know, it, it's sort of – I've been wanting to coach for a while. And, you know, you – I've been through a lot in my life. Right. Great times, bad times, you know, being the best player in a lot of bad teams. I got to see the league from the upper echelon side of, side of things. And also because never been to a championship or not deep, deep, it runs into the playoffs. I, I, I saw the other side too. Right. <laughs> so um, it, it, you always pray and you, you ask for, like, all these things that happen to you start to try to figure out, now. so why are these things happening? What is this all about? What are you preparing me for? Uh, you know, and I think that I've always asked for a great platform to speak from to, to, to help kids, to be with kids, to, to do more. And, it, you know, God works, you know, his thing. Because I made one phone call. Uh, to someone that I knew, the next thing I knew, I was on the, the phone with the, the president of the board and it, the dominoes just fell. Um, and it just fell in, in place. So I said, Yo, you know what? You, you've been praying about this. You've asked for this. What are you going to do? <laughs> and then they, I went in for an interview and we were talking about being the head coach. And, you know, I, I honestly, I went in there, didn't think that they could afford me. I didn't think that, you know, I didn't know if it was going to work out. I didn't know how it was going to be uh, from a financial standpoint and all those things. And I went in there talking about being the head coach and came out of there being basically offered the athletic director job. So I, I, I said to myself, this was a phenomenal thing because 
what they saw in me, you know, from that perspective was a positive. They saw something in me that made them pause. They said, you know, you have more than enough credibility to coach the team. But, you know, as an athlete, as an athletic director, you fit the profile that we're really looking for. So I said, well, you know, honestly, if you hire me as the AD, I'm going to hire myself as a coach. So what do you want to do? (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So so it's good. So it's good. They don't, Daytona Beach, here he comes. Yeah. Yeah. The newest wildcat coming your way at Bethune-Cookman University. He's Reggie Theus. He's with us here on Forward Progress. What's happening at Bethune-Cookman? Mm. Uh, new basketball coach on the women's side. Yeah. Brand new conference uh, along with the Rattlers. The Wildcats headed to the SWAC. Um, new leadership. Tough, tough uh, conference too. People yeah, don't, sleep what, yeah. on, don't sleep on don't sleep on it because it's a very athletic conference. A conference that's getting better. It obviously got better, you know, with the new additions to the to the conference. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's it's very challenging. You know, I'm, I'm looking for the challenge, and there's a lot going on. Being a part of this culture, you already know, this is a great culture to be a part of. Yeah. And I'm excited to be, to be a part of it. It's just, it's, it's, it's going to be a blast. No, What's you, it with you, the student-athlete? Yeah. That's, that's why I apologize, Kirk. The student-athlete no, that you're getting um, might be changing. Mm-hmm. Something happened yeah. uh, last summer in the pandemic, in the lockdown, that cause for the elite student-athlete, maybe even just above the student-athlete that you would usually get in this space, also saying to themselves, why not a historically black institution, particularly for basketball? Well, I think the way the recruiting is now also with the portal, with the way that things, it's, that's all changed. Um, And it's, you know, all these kids want to go to the league. No matter who they are, where they are, they all want to go to the league. They all can't play in the league. Um, and you're finding that if guys like myself are taking these jobs, um, they're going to get the best coaching that they possibly can get. And a lot of these places, their parents, um, you know, were involved in HBCUs. You know, so, you know, they, they get that history from home. They just needed an opportunity to actually want to go and want to deal with that. And you see, the thing is, it used to be, you know, it used to be that you had to go to a certain type of school and a certain type of conference to make it. Well, that's no longer true. The NBA goes everywhere. European teams go everywhere to find their players. Uh, It's really about the opportunity and the opportunity to learn and the opportunity to be taught the game the right way. So it's, it, that's what it's all about. And, and fortunately for me, I've, I've, I've been able to coach. I've had four different careers. I've been able to, to, to coach on every level. So I understand how this all works. And it's really about their education in, in sports. And we're trying to build men. We're trying to build successful people. And when I sit in the, in the, the living room with parents, as a successful person myself of color, you're talking to someone that wants their son to have the same opportunity to be taught by someone who understands life in the good and the bad. And I always tell my players, whatever you guys are doing, I've already did it two or three times, you know? So I'm, you know, I'm going to try my best to teach you and help you get past some of the hurdles that I've, that I've tripped over. But you know, the one thing you will not be able to do is tell me something new. 
<laughs> you mentioned a different career path, so this one is a little bit different, though. Now, yeah. being having your footprint on not just the basketball program, but the entire program, got to yeah. balance a budget too now, Reggie. <laughs> like yeah. it's a lot more to it now. You know what I mean? But yeah. for you, what, what some of the um, you know what excites you about taking on it, this yeah, job? On, and now, go, let me go get my checkbook. Lane, would you <laughs> will you help me with my checkbook? I don't. <laughs> Where was that money anyway? <laughs> no. uh, listen, coaching is leading. Yeah. Okay. I've been a leader all my life. Mm -hmm. And and the one thing that, that is for sure, athletic department, running the athletic department, there's a lot of nuances that I don't necessarily know about. Right. Um, and, and, and I'd be foolish to sit here and try to make you believe that. Uh, but a large part of an AD's job is leading, is being the guy in front, is bringing people together, is getting people to perform at, at their best, you know. And that's what I've done all my life. And, you know, running an athletic department outside of the, the, the normal paperwork is just like coaching a team. You know, they are your team. And that doesn't change. That's why corporate America always wants athletes. And I tell our guys all the time, you're in a unique position because corporate America wants you because you have that ability to work as a team. You have that ability to know what teamwork is all about. You have the ability, you know what competition is all about. You understand. And for our coaches, the great part is that whatever they're going through, again, I've, I've been through it. So I'm going to understand that relationship between the business side where I have to be, have that hat of being the AD, but yet I understand who you are as a coach and I understand what's going on with your team. So therefore, what you're really saying to me, it's not going to fly because I know the truth or I can be more compassionate in that way. Uh, so I, so I, I see the, the, this leadership opportunity as Magic Johnson told me once, I said, Matt, you know, can I talk to him about it? And I said, Magic, what, what was it like? How did you make that change? What's been happening in your life when you were starting to go into the business side? He said, Reggie, I'm still the point guard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he said, Reggie, I'm still the point guard. I'm just the point guard now in the, in, in the boardroom. So that, that really resonates with me when it comes to, you know, being an athletic director, being the coach, being a mentor you know, having that platform with these kids because everything, as I said, I've had every job I've ever wanted in my life and everything I've learned to achieve those goals, I learned on the basketball court. So it's a great story. Uh, you know, there is somewhat of a learning curve, of course, and, I'm, you know, I'm not going to fake that, uh, but you got to have good people. You know, it, it's same thing. As a head basketball coach, I'm not going to be more, any better than my assistant coaches. You know, that place, name me a coach that doesn't have great, that's a great coach that doesn't have great assistant coaches. Doesn't happen. So the ability to lead, the ability to learn, to, to, the ability to evolve is happening. And I tell our guys all the time, and this is what's going on with me right now. Your life never stops evolving. You have to learn how to reinvent yourself over and over and over to be successful. Consistency is everything, but evolving is, is most important, and you have to be able to evolve. And this is Reggie Theus evolving again. 
evolved into the athletic director and and head basketball coach for the Wildcats of Bethune-Cookman. Did you have to do any convincing that this is a place where you wanted to be versus getting back in and getting out quick? I would imagine the fact that you've done so much already that you're not thirsting for necessarily a location, just doing See, the job. That's why, you're, that's why you're so good at what you do. And you have a great perspective on life in general. Right. I've done, I've done so much. I've had the opportunity to be on every level. Um, this is an opportunity for me to do more. Who gets a, ch- a chance at this point in your career, in your life, to do more? How do you pass up an opportunity and a challenge to do more? Um, so it doesn't matter where it is. You, you, it doesn't matter the level. Coaching is coaching. Being an AD is being an AD. The challenges are different. You know, we are, part of my job is to raise money. You know, I have a direct connection with a lot of people, a lot of professional athletes, a lot of people who want to do more and they're looking for somebody and something to, to give to and to be a part of. You know, one of the things I have to do, for, one of the first things I have to do is, is that we need a new gym. Our gym, the gym, the facilities are not great. They're not great at all. But, you know, the opportunity to present something to guys that I know, I think that that works. I think the most important question for a lot of folks out there, Reggie, was, you know, obviously now in Florida, the, the humidity. So we got to find, yeah, we're going to have to find some hair products that's going to work for Reggie Theus down in Daytona Beach, my man. Like, like what, what you going to do, Reggie? I mean, you going to cut it low? What Jason, you going to do? what's wrong with him? What's wrong, what's wrong with him, eh, Jason? You know, listen. Okay, so I'll just cut it all off like y'all. There it is. See, there you go. See? No, I, can't, I can't do that. I got a no. flat head. <laughs> My head is flat in the back. I can't do that. Uh, unfortunately, it's a it's it's a good problem to have, my brother. Yeah, I know. I'm teasing you, man. <laughs> Honestly, man, listen. Congratulations, uh, all except two games against FAMU. Yeah, you got no. me behind you. Yeah, watch out for Young Jackson freshman year. I've heard you talk about him. Good for him. Congratulations. Yeah, he's so excited. You know what? It was so awesome to drop him off. I'd never been to Tallahassee, never been to FAMU, but I am a descendant of Tuskegee and Central State, and now he carries that legacy in the 1930s. My family, too. My family, too. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, it is. But you have to know, you know who I am. So don't think that I'm not putting my foot on their neck, too. (laughs) <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Enjoy the new, enjoy the new digs in uh, Daytona Beach and and in the swag. Reggie Theus with us here on Forward Progress. Thanks to him too. Also, Deliso Mealy for being on the program. The fine CEO of the Institute of Sports and um, Social Justice. Uh, that's going to do it for us. We're always thankful for our producer Pernell Brown, for my partner Kirk Morrison. I'm Jason Jackson. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>